Welcome into 300 yards to unknown that right there. That's Eric Patterson joining me as he does every single week to talk about uh, whatever, whatever's going on. E Pat, what's going on? Not too much. I'm just uh, kind of looking over the, uh, the winning team. I just drafted in our little mock season here. I think, <laughs> I think I did pretty well, so it should be a, a cruise till uh, the end of December. Or December. I don't think, okay. We're going to talk about that because I got some questions for you. I'm not sure you've got the, the, the winning squad just yet, but we'll, we'll jump into that. Uh, the big news of the week, Dustin Johnson, number one player in the world, Test positive for COVID and uh, is out for the CJ Cup, which is unfortunate. It's a shame. What was your initial reaction? I know it's a lot like me. When something like that drops, it's like uh, somebody pulled a fire alarm and we've got stuff we've got to do. But what was your initial reaction to when this news came out? So last week we said that Fina was the biggest name um, that (laughs) tested and then as soon as the, so the Finau news came out and then as soon as I was looking away doing something else, I get a notification saying, I guess Finau is not no longer the biggest name with COVID. So that's unfortunate. Um, but I guess what, that's what happens when you spend a few weeks outside of the PGA tour bubble, maybe a testament to how tight the bubble actually is. Uh, maybe we're not giving it enough credit, but I think, uh, yeah, it's, it sucks that it happened to DJ. It sucks. It happened um, at this point, but hopefully he's back for uh, the masters because I mean, if it's, I don't know exactly how it works, but hopefully he's, he's back in time for Augusta. I think he should be ready for the Houston open. It just, yeah, it's one that's number one player in the world, the the tournament favorite for a a big week. It's just, it, it sucks. Don't quote me on this, but I think it is now 10 days. You have to isolate. And then I think you have to test negative twice 24 hours apart something like that that. sounds very accurate yeah because um i think fina was anticipating to play this week so like i was surprised to see him in the field list actually because he just tested you know positive a week ago or whatever it was maybe it was right in that 10 day threshold um but he even committed to this week and then said uh yeah i guess he had he had to pull out or he hasn't quite recovered so yeah um it's a little bit of a gray area but yeah, DJ will be out the next few weeks, but I mean, I can't see it going until Augusta, but um, I don't want to speak too far ahead or look too far ahead. <clears throat> the um, right, Finau's positive test was before the Shriners. And I guess, you know, because you have to commit by Friday, he says, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll be in the CJ Cup, but he did not pass the proper protocol to eventually play and get back in. So he WDs again. Um, I assume we've, we're going to be close to getting Tony Finau back, maybe. I don't know, maybe next week if he wants to play. Yeah, probably next week, but um, DJ, yeah, DJ committed to this week. He committed to the Zozo, committed to Houston, so I would expect to see him back at the Houston Open. Um, But again, who knows how how long it'll take him to recover, but yeah, it just, it point blank sucks when it's the number one player in the world. Uh, If this was, you know, the this was Patrick Mahomes, or if this was, uh, you know, one of the best players in baseball, testing positive would be a lot bigger news, but golf just continues to, to, to move ahead um, is what it is. Uh, we're used to it at this point, I think. Yeah, I think that um, DJ, from by all accounts, did what you know. We we hear all the time with guys protecting the field. Uh, that's on the course, making keeping an eye on your playing partners, making sure they're taking drops in the right spots, not backstopping. You're protecting the field. Uh, 
apparently did DJ does the same thing here, which is he wasn't feeling well. He asked for another COVID test because he tested negative, I think Sunday. Right. Um, and then he tests positive, but that's, that's him doing his job, knowing that if he does test positive, he's got to withdraw from a, an event that has a $10 million purse and that stinks and all that stuff. But he does what he has to do to make sure that the tour keeps rolling on. Yeah, definitely uh, props <laughs> to him for, because he did have that negative test. There's, maybe part of them that could have said, you know, it's, it's not COVID and continue to, to move ahead and play this week. But um, I guess the symptoms was, were bad enough where you would have to alert someone. And it also, it's a, it's a nice wake up call for the rest of the, the tour, the rest of the top guys, knowing that Augusta is yeah. um, quickly approaching. Uh, you would not want to be, you know, you wouldn't want to be doing this the week of the masters or two weeks before the masters. So um, I think, you know, the, Everyone who's ever in that who's in that field will be uh, tightening tightening their circle and and taking an extra precaution because that would be a tough blow to have to skip the November Masters because of COVID. Yeah, we were on we did we were we tried to record the first cut podcast on CBS Sports at, like right as this news dropped. We were like, all right, let's get started, and it was like, oh no, this is we got to go do now like breaking news. We got to go do HQ. We got to do all this other stuff. <clears throat> so when we got back on. Kyle Porter, he basically had the same sentiment, which is like, if you're Rory McIlroy, if you're some of these guys that are like laser focused on Augusta, you are probably locking it down the next four weeks. Like you are not leaving your house. You are not taking un- un- any unnecessary risk because could you imagine you get so few cracks at something like Augusta to miss out because you tested positive would just be would be terrible anyway, but like you got to imagine these guys are going into lockdown. Right. Yeah. And I, again, goes back to the bubble, like staying in the PGA tour bubble might be the safest place to be. So um, yeah, I guess players are going to make their schedules are going to do what they got to do. But one player that does, you know, come to into question here, who is now outside of the bubble is Bryson. Mm. And that like, I just pray that he's doing whatever he needs to do to stay safe because he is not going to be getting tested with as much regularity as these other guys that are playing the next few weeks. So, um, yeah, it's uh, definitely, definitely a red alert time for the, for the top, for the top players in the world. Uh, the other big boy making his return to golf this week is Brooks Kepka. Um, I have no idea what to expect from his play. I have no idea what to expect from his body. I've kind of at this point, Epat, thrown my hands up in the air, and I am just a viewer of of Brooks Kepka. I'm just going to watch, and whatever happens, happens. It's pretty crazy to think that. Yeah, he. Uh, people were saying he was optimistic about how he felt, how his body was, but it sounded like what they were doing in the last couple months was a lot of like almost band-aid type work where uh, he said he got cortisone which is great um that doesn't last forever it actually in theory makes it worse over time right yeah (laughs) (laughs) i can speak from from personal experience it uh getting too many of those is not great for the body um and then he he, he get he had more work done on his knee so it's a knee and a hip now uh sounds like he's just piecing it together obviously he feels good now he should probably feel good for the next few weeks but um, to say he has a torn labrum in his, in his hip is uh, not what you want to hear from someone who's getting cortisone shots because that could, that could, it could go any week. So it's, uh, it's unfortunate, but he's going to keep powering through. I'm, I'm zooming out 
on on Brooks Kepka. I'm I'm taking this from thirty thousand feet instead of just like week by week. And now we are a year into this knee injury, like this week last year, right? Or CJ right. Cup week? Yeah. Okay. So we're a year into the injury. In that year, he has had two different, fairly extended stints of time off for rehab, which may or may not work. He has said things like, it may never be 100% again. He has said things like, it hurts to walk downhill. And he has said things like, if this cortisone doesn't work, you're looking at surgery and nine months off. I don't know, Epat. Uh, that doesn't sound very optimistic to me. Not at all like that. <laughs> again i we've talked about this before like just go fix it go do what you got to do stop with these i mean he's getting professional advice who am i to be telling brooks kepka what type of medical treatments to get could you imagine brooks kepka taking the next nine months off when there's what five majors in these nine months that's true yeah but yeah no that now might not be the best time (laughs) hopefully this cortisone sticks for a year a year and a half however long it's gonna hold but um i i want him healthy i want him back it's good to have him back he I listened to that press conference yesterday and um, he goats you into thinking he's ready to win. I know. Like, <laughs> you got asked, uh, obviously it's a, it's a bad question on the surface. People are like, what's a, what's a good week for you this week? And he goes, a win. It's like, obviously he's going to say a win. He's not just looking to get through four rounds, but he, every week he shows up and he, he starts, uh, you know, doing that strut where he thinks he's, he's the king of the king of the town. So um, he's so swaggy. He's, he's back, but he also, uh, I guess it was at the PGA where he was talking about he doesn't want to make any excuses. He doesn't want these injuries to be excuses. And then yesterday he did actually admit saying, yeah, that's the entire reason why I was playing like shit was because of the injuries. So uh, he's gone complete 180 on that stance. All right. We'll keep an eye on Brooks Kepka. Uh, that's that, that, I don't know. I I've, I'm done trying to guess what I think is going to happen. I I'm just going to see what happens. It's unbelievable. You and I, Thank you very much, by the way. Participated in a fantasy draft this morning. This is our continued tire kicking of season-long fantasy golf, what the best way to do it is, if it's even worth it. And we did a 12-team snake draft this morning for the next seven weeks. So from now to Mayakoba, we are going to test this out. We're going to see how it goes. And you have already declared your team as the team to beat now before i list that team and and discuss it uh what did you think of the season-long draft aspect trying to pick golfers it was weird for the next only for the next seven weeks but what did you think overall i liked it it was uh it i will say um you cannot have auto drafters in this format (laughs) because the rankings are so off um until they fix that you better be in person with a good set of rankings um but it made you think about yeah long Maybe, maybe because it was a seven week window that we're doing it, I was thinking about like who's going to play well at the RSM class, like who, who might show up to Mayakoba. Um, not necessarily just picking the best player available at that time. Um, but it, it, I think it definitely has legs. I, I enjoyed the, we only did it for like an hour or 30 minutes. It was, yeah, it, was uh, it was fast, but um, definitely uh, some different strategies taken by every player, I guess, in, in, the, uh, in the league. We used fan tracks, which, um, yeah, they rank based on 
total fantasy points. So for example, if you are Adam Shank and you play 45 times a year, you're like the number one ranked player over Rory McIlroy because he plays 15 times a year. So you do have to be prepared. Like it would be a, you'd, a cheat sheet would be a must if you wanted to do something like this. And then if you search by fantasy points per game, which you'd figure is like, you know, <laughs> these are the best guys every time they tee it up. It was like, I don't even remember. Paul Waring might have been number one. he played one. like yeah, one time. Yeah. So throw those out the window. Um, <laughs> then like total birdies, again, goes back to whoever plays the most. Uh, they didn't have like a world ranking or money earned <laughs> from last season, which I think would have helped. But yeah, you had to do a little bit of uh, custom ranking yourself. But other than that, I... Uh, yeah, I, I, had a, I had a blast for that short little sprint. We are at the infancy of this, so I, I assume uh, lobbies will get better. Also, quick side note, there is a data provider out there somewhere that has put the entire industry uh, in shambles. I don't know if you saw this, Pat. FanDuel was like oh, yeah. unable to update their live scoring. Yahoo was having issues. Fantrax also having issues. So I don't know, they, they almost use the same data provider that they're all kind of passing the blame onto, but uh, not great. Yeah. Things are uh, shutting down. I, I wasn't exactly following what was going on with the fantasy stuff, but I saw that there were a lot of uh, mis miscalculation and points scoring uh, just things completely out of whack. Uh, yeah. Fantasy industry was a little uh, turned upside down for a few days there. And apparently not, not really back to normal yet. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I think FanDuel on the fly has changed data providers, which I cannot even imagine the like knowing and having databases, how hard that must've been, but I guess they have the resources to do it. The smaller sites trying to change on the fly and probably don't have the staff or the bandwidth to do it as quickly as FanDuel did. I actually think the, uh, the score, the app that I work for is going through a change in data provider as well. So maybe there is, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but those, you know, the, the, I think stats is the big one, just pure stats. Yes. Uh, but I'm not sure they're all, maybe someone's combining teams yeah. or, or what's going on, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but everybody was up in arms. Um, let's, let's look at your team here. Uh, I want to see if I have it in the order in which you drafted them though. Hold on. Let me see. Yeah. You had to go back to the, the I went back to the draft room and then clicked like the full grid view to see the, everyone's picks, but uh, not easiest. Again, Fantrax probably doesn't have all the resources to make their site the best interface, but it is what it is. For now. Yeah. What I will say is in my little experience with Fantrax, it works. It, yeah. it does what you want it to. It ain't pretty, uh, but it'll do the job. Okay. So let's, first of all, your first three picks, let me get your thoughts on the first three picks. Justin Thomas, Matthew Wolf, Sung J M. Uh, JT will presumably play three times in this seven week stretch, right? Probably CJ Zozo Augusta, I would think. Yep, that sounds right. Wolf might play more than that. That's kind of interesting. He might play those three and maybe one more. Would he sneak in? The the the, the interesting one's Houston. Do guys want to play before the week before a major or not? Some guys are very very uh, hard on that. They either do or they don't. Um, but that adds one other start and only seven is a big deal. Yeah. So I, I didn't really consider that. I was, I, what I was initially building for was, uh, you know, get your, get your this week start, good pick for this week, probably next week. And then the masters is what I was, my initial target were. So I don't, I don't mind those first three picks. Wolf should play this weekend next. And then, yeah, um, he'll be there at, at the masters M. Um, <laughs> he might just play all seven. <laughs> he might play all seven. Uh, uh, he, he'd be definitely one of like the top picks in a full season just yeah. because of how much he plays. Um, JT, pretty 
I think that's a safe number one now that DJ, yeah. I think DJ would have been number one if he had um, remained in the field this week. So uh, yeah, even like the first three picks, it's um, usually in football, there's like a consensus, you know, if you're going outside these, these, you know, four or five running backs, mm-hmm. uh, you're, you're pretty crazy, but for golf, I think you can kind of go anywhere. So it's, it's hard to really criticize a pick. Yeah, you really can. Uh, you took, you were, in the, you were in the fifth spot. You took John Rom with your first overall pick. What were you, th- I mean, obviously that's a great pick. He's like the second ranked player in the world or whatever. Uh, what w- did you have a strategy here? Or was it just best available golfer? At that uh, best available. I know he's playing next <laughs> week as well at the Zozo. So I should get three starts out of probably the favorite in three sure. events or top three favorite in all three events. So um, yeah, it was, I guess between him or Xander, but I'll just, I'll just take Rom. All right. When it loops back to you, you took what I would say, this has to be the most controversial pick of the entire draft. You took, Bryce- <laughs> I didn't think it was, but maybe looking back, it might, it might cost me, but you took Bryson DeChambeau. This uh, is where I have uh, my Augusta roster and all the events are weighted the same, which I'm not sure how you do it, but mm-hmm. I think, there should be some credence to, you know, having a better team at the masters considered compared idea. to Bermuda ch- championship. Um, <laughs> That's a good point. So my, this is my, if I have Ron Bryson at the, at the masters, I think I could have two top five finishers there. You no, know, like pretty easily. I think um, he, I, Bryson is only playing the one time, which yeah, um, in key. hindsight is, is what it is, but um, to have the masters favorite in the second round, I was, I was going to go Kepka because I know he is playing Houston, but. Um, I, I kind of went back and forth. I kind of went back and forth on this because I think, you know, like your bottom three guys, probably you probably churn through them a lot, right? Week in, yeah. week out, just trying to find guys. So um, maybe it is good to just kind of top go top heavy. So here's your full team in order in which you drafted it. John Rom, Bryson DeChambeau, Tommy Fleetwood. That was very on brand. Sergio Garcia playing well right now. Then you finished it up with Gary Woodland, JT Poston, Brian Harmon, and Adam Long. The last two Harmon and Long were guys I was trying to get towards the end of this draft. So it looks like you've covered yourself for at least this week, right? So who are you gonna you're gonna who are you gonna start this week? I'll be going Rom Fleetwood, Sergio Woodland, probably. Right. right. Okay. That makes sense. And I think those, if I would assume most of them are playing next week at Zozo. And then I think Poston, Harmon, Long, that, that could be the top of the RSM leaderboard, yep. could be the top of the Mayakoba leaderboard, Bermuda, yep. Houston. So I actually think this is okay. This is pretty good because you've kind of, you might, you might start the same four guys and I might do the same like this week and next week. Um, and then, then you have to pivot to these off weeks and you have guys that, yeah, are, are certainly going to play them all. Uh, I, I like but that like, a lot. So for this, for this short sprint um, after the masters, there was what few, two, two tournaments, three tournaments. Yeah. Like I could just drop Bryson. Oh, that's true. How, yeah. You could just get rid of if him. If he's not playing. I mean, that's not how it would go for a full season, but um, if you want to, if you, if you need to get the fourth guy in there. Um, yeah. RSM. There's going to be a lot of turnover. RSM and Mayakoba would be would be the last two after Augusta. Uh, my team: Hideki, Harris English, Doc Redman, Will Zalatoris, Russell Henley, Mac Hughes, and then I hate my last two: Carlos Ortiz and Justin Suh. So for me this week, I'll probably go Hideki English, Henley Hughes, and then I'll have Doc and Will, who will probably play the other events. Henley Hughes could play those. 
Um, and then I'll probably churn Ortiz. And so those guys might never, never start for me. You've got the, you've got the Bermuda lineup. You got right. the Maya Coba lineup down. I was, I was waiting for uh, Hughes to fall, but obviously you scooped him before um, I could have done that. There were some names that like, like Jason day in the sixth round, like this is just how the rankings kind of went. And yeah. you were, if you weren't really paying attention, some names would fall. Um, like Mark Leishan's pretty late, but like, these guys in theory for a full season wouldn't go that late. I don't think. And then we had like a few auto pickers. So there's a couple ugly teams, but um, all in all, I'd like, it's going to be interesting to see how guys manage their lineups throughout the, throughout the little short uh, season we got going. Yeah, it'll be, it'll certainly be a sprint. Um, It'll be fun. I appreciate you joining us for it. And then we'll figure out, you know, work, work the kinks out and and, uh, see what we could do for, for next season. CJ. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just, I was just going to add like the only, only thing I would add before firing up a full season is just make it easier for guys to draft and like um, have like a rankings or tier breakdown, just maybe some schedule predictions or something along those lines that would yeah help facilitate some of the picks because yeah, it's, it's easy to go off the board and get, and get lost really quick. These sound like great tools for rickrungood.com. I'll have to whip some up and uh, see what we got going on, but you're right. You, it, it would be impossible to do this well without any type of resource in the current in the current setup i think yeah like uh it was just it got a little <laughs> hectic real quick like christoph venture in the first round like, he was he was the highest he was the first ranked guy yeah i know it's like what well, it's like doing auto drafts on like yahoo and someone and when you're prepping for fantasy football and he takes like a kicker in the first round you just exit the draft right away because like everything's just messed up after that <laughs> oh boy uh all right cj cup Let's turn our attention here. 78 of the best players in the world. Shadow Creek. Can I, I, I am very interested to see it again on TV. Uh, phenomenal little course. I mean, what are, what else about, what else about this event? No cut. I'm just, I'm just excited. Yeah. Like this place, <laughs> this piece of property got shown for 18 holes during the match. And it seems like a, like a, I don't know, like a, like there's waterfalls that just shouldn't be there. There's just, <laughs> there's so much going on in this gimmicky little course. It seems so over the top and so overdone that like it's perfect for the PGA tour and for that match that they had, it just definitely stands out. How many, the picture of this piece of property in the middle of the desert is going to get shown. Yep. Hopefully they got the Goodyear blimp there just cruising around showing the desert. And then just this lush forest plant played it placed in the middle of the desert. It's, it's phenomenal. Um, uh, they get 12,000 rounds a year, which is like 30 rounds a day. So that's, that could be like eight groups, like eight groups a day play shadow Creek pretty much untouched. And like yeah. from the quick videos, all the PGA tour courses are like, look like this, but it looks like it hasn't been played all summer. Like they, it, it might not have been, you're looking for a, like a divot in the fairway around. I saw a Woodland video and it's just like, there's n- he's the only one who's hit a shot from this location all season. So <laughs> it's a uh, pretty, it looks pretty like it's in really good shape. I'm pretty sure you have to be, you have to stay at an MGM property and then you got to pay like five fifty, six hundred bucks, something like that. I think is how you play it. Yeah. It, I, I think you have to definitely know someone or be like yeah. a VIP guest at the MGM too, yeah. um, which I guess uh, they're throwing the betting, the betting uh, live oh. score, live odds going into the PGA tour this week. So I think MGM put a play, put a hand in that, but rocket ship emoji. To see. I'm excited to watch the broadcast to see how hard they butcher um, trying to predict live odds or I don't know what they're going to do. There was a tweet that was like, Oh, cool. 
the people who haven't been able to figure out the yeah, projected yeah. cut line for five years are going to try to do live odds. Great. I'm <laughs> They're gonna, they probably to will it. make a mockery of it, but um, <sighs> it'll be interesting to see how they do intertwine it with the broadcast. Listen, just embrace, embrace the fact that they're embracing it. Uh, this we've, we've said for a long time, this is the natural progression. You've got to get it on the telecast. You have to start educating uh, casual fans. You it's, it's gotta be a part of it. It might be ugly at first, but this is very good for the industry. Very good for golf. Very good for us. So we'll see. But I will, before I move on, I just think it is a slippery slope to be educating people on sports betting and gambling in the wrong way. And I've already like, did you see this aggregated story about the massive parlay that was hit in the, um, I guess it was the P- BMW PGA championship. Like a guy turned like two bucks into 600,000. He hit I like, I didn't see that one, but I see stories like that all the time. Like those are, I think, I think those are bad stories to write about and like mm. dangerous slippery slope. Cause that is like a lottery ticket and people can lose a lot of money trying to chase those things. So I think it's just a little bit of a dangerous game to be played. Like, there were some pretty rec- like uh, pretty big named outlets in the golf space writing about how this guy turned two hundred two dollars into six hundred thousand because he hit like twelve two balls <laughs> like in a parlay. I'm just like probably yeah. never been hap- happened before. And then some guy is gonna go chase that and put fifty bucks on a six ball par- a six ball six man two ball and just completely just. Like it's not that easy to do. There's definitely, and, and, and I think Barstool gets a lot of hate for this because they are, I don't want to say glorifying, like putting a hundred thousand, putting your life savings on a bet. And they're like an official sports book operator at this point. They're not just like kind of a uh, college media company anymore. No. So there, it is definitely a gray area, a slippery slope, I think is a good way to put it. So you're right. I'll be very interested to see what they say. What are they? I mean, I imagine it'll be like, okay, it's Saturday afternoon or Sunday. They get to the back nine. So-and-so is plus 150 to win. Meaning you have to put down 100 to win one. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like hopefully they get that basic part of it. Right. Yeah. Um they've they've shown it on the uh PJ Tour Live where they'll just give like the three ball odds or they'll have someone yeah. come from, from golf back come in and give a pick for the group or whatever, which is fine. But like yeah, like I just hope they don't I don't know. I hope they don't try to educate people in the wrong way or uh yeah, just go down slippery slopes of like glorifying the fact that these people win all this money when really, really it's not it's not easy at all. All right. We'll see. We'll uh, report back when we find out. Speaking of picks, CJ Cup. Actually, let's go back to Shriners last week. Uh, I had Denny McCarthy as my sleeper. You had Abraham Answer. Ooh, Abe Answer finished like fourth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, McCarthy made the cut. I don't know what he ended up finishing, like T40 something probably. I don't have that, but. Top 10, you had Morikawa, who played well but missed the cut. I had Mr. Matthew Wolf. So that worked out. That's a good top 10. our one and done. You went with Ricky Fowler, who quite honestly was what really, a nightmare. It was two holes. Did you see? What he, I mean, he took an eight on. I followed took, his. I followed his two rounds way too closely. He played the par fives like I would play par fives, and then yep. he just number seventeen. He dumped the ball in the water twice. So, yeah, frustrating. But he he seemed to be hitting it well off the tee. But that's about all I can say good about Fowler's week. 
and I had Cantlay who shared the 54 hole lead and finished eighth. That's six undercut. Like I was driving up north, ran out of service, and I I logged on that later that day, and I was like, "How did this cut get to six or seven under?" Seven like, under. Yeah. That is. I mean, Morikawa, Hideki, Harris English were all like five or six under and missed the cut. Like I can't blame any of those guys for missing the cut. If no, you, you shoot. go shoot 60, 68, 60, whatever, sixty nine, and you miss yeah. the cut. That's uh, fine. Like, is that no the highest problems. cut like ever? I, I didn't um, see people tweet. It was about definitely it, in recent memory. I believe it was one of the highest or lowest ever. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was historic for sure. Yeah. Tough bounce for Morikawa. I'm going back to the well of them though this week. Okay. So let's jump into this. Um, sleepers. Uh, hold on. I'm, pulling, I'm trying to pull up the odds here because the also everything shift after DJ withdrew. So I want to make sure I have the correct numbers here. Uh, okay, Epat, who would be your sleeper for this week's CJ Cup? Uh, I'm going to go with Bubba Watson. Hit it really well. This course is uh, it's in the desert, but tree-lined, and I think Bubba just likes the look of trees to help him guide those shots off the tee. Uh, give me Bubba. 7,300 on, on DK. Not bad. Okay. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Russell Henley. Uh, from what I understand about Shadow Creek, I understand, and I don't know if this is correct or not, Two things. 7,500 yards on the scorecard won't play that long. Play like 7,000. Also. Oh, because of the elevation? The elevation and kind of the way, like, you can cut you can cut some of the corners. A lot of them are downhill. The way that the yardage is put onto some of, like, the par fours or par fives, like, it's not really in play. Um, also, from what I could tell, depending on where they put these pins, you have to be somewhat exact with your approach shots, or I think you can, if they shave down some of the banks, you can kind of lose it. Off I've heard that as well. Yeah. Um, so I'm going for approach players, which I think is a good strategy most weeks. So Henley at, I don't know what he's at now. He was 70 to one before the tournament started. He is 80 to one right now um, via that's on William Hill. Um, the best approach player, short skate approach player since the restart. He's the only guy averaging more than one stroke per round in this field. He's got two top tens in his last four starts. I'm just going to think he continues to hit it well. He's the one who wins the Houston Open every year, right? <laughs> yeah, basically. Oh, he's he's <laughs> absolutely peaking at the right time for his for his. Uh, his <laughs> he career. knows what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, top ten. So this is just a binary yes or no. I don't have mine ready yet, so you go first. Um, I'll stick with the, my first overall pick. I'll go John Rom. John? For no other reason than he's uh, – Really, really good at golf. Um, so because this is not an odds or a salary-based thing, so I, I kind of have this belief that Matthew Wolf, you're 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 paying like the absolute premium on him right now, right? Like just the yeah, absolute highest peak. price ever. Back to back runner ups. I mean and he's looked good. He's, volatile, so. he's been in contention. He's yeah. he's he's got a weapon in the bag, like it's I was, sexy. I was surprised to see he's twelfth in the world already. It's crazy. That's a he ascended extremely quick since I guess the rocket mortgage. He went from outside he, the top hundred to twelve. I, I was gonna say he was outside the top one hundred at the restart, and he got there without a win, which is also Couple top fives in majors. So that will get you up there in a hurry. Remember, he had a whole year between top tens. He he was that guy who like yeah, what was Think it? He won that. the three M and then didn't, didn't he top ten anything cuts, for a but year. Yeah, slowly figuring it out. Uh, so I'm going to take Wolf because so I like Wolf in formats that are not 
weighted or salaried or whatever, right? Because I think you're paying a big premium on him this week. But if it's just like one and done, I think is is better because it's just you use him or you don't like these binary situations. So I'm going to take Wolf uh, in my top 10 as well. I think that's a good way to play. Okay. One and done. So I had can't lay over Fowler to you. So I go first. I've used Damon, Rom, Scotty Scheffler, Patrick Cantlay. You have used Doc Redman, Xander Shoffley, Sam Burns, Ricky Fowler. Okay. We got a long season. This is tough. Yeah, we do have a long season. I'm going to burn. Uh, I'm going to use Xander right now. And what I think uh, a lot of people might not realize, and this is a big purse. 9.75 million, I believe. It's almost uh, 2 million to first. I think it's actually more than next week. If you look at the PGA Tours website, next week is 8 million, which is still Yeah, Zozo big. got a bit of a hit, I think, because you're not getting all those Japanese sponsor money and added in. So this will be the biggest until Augusta, and then it'll be the biggest until Augusta, Augusta? again, right? <laughs> Something right? like that. Yeah, it sounds right. Unless there's a WGC and maybe Mexico, but. Yeah, so I, I'm going to take Xander and say, it's big, okay. It's a big tournament. Yeah, right. This is a big tournament. Go, young man. Thrive in a no-cut event. He's been absolutely lights out. Just just go. Go go, go, go win me $2 million. So I'll, I'll take Xander. Man, I have no idea who I'm going to take here. <laughs> it's but, actually uh, really hard, yeah. Just because you're thinking there's still five majors this season. There's a full calendar year to go. But um, I'll just stick with one of my picks to win, and it's going to be Colin Morikawa. I, I love Back to the well. I, I love this, by the way. I love so like uh, any chance I can get to get like, um, yeah, Hideki Morikawa, uh, Harris English, like those guys that were five or six under par last week and missed the cut, and everybody hates now for no reason. Like I, I, I like going back to that. Harris is going to win this ball swing. RSM, Mayakoba, Houston. He's going to win something. I'm going to clip this. I'm going to clip this part. Yeah. I think it, he might. I remember we were, we were on him in Mayakoba last year, and uh, he almost got it done, but. Um, yeah, I think he's going to win this this in the next you know few weeks. I mean, he's he he has been the most under the radar best golfer in the last like eight months. He's phenomenal. Yeah, he's on your team too. So good luck to you uh, with uh, with Mr. Harris there. I guess I already have one win under my belt uh, this season with Harris English, um, and Hideki will probably win this week. You think? Will Zalatoris will probably win two <laughs> or three times. Zalatoris of Bermuda. He almost got his uh, special temporary last week. So yeah, I'm actually afraid that once he, he needs like five more points, he's just like he's not going to play every week again. <laughs> like he has. I don't been. know. He's he is riding a heater right now. So it's phenomenal. He's, uh, um, yeah. All righty, Pat. What else is going on? The score is where you can find Eric Patterson's work. Anything fun over there? It's where you also can find Morikawa at thirty to one this week, which I think is the biggest number. I've seen for him. Oh my, 30, yeah. I see, Will Hill has him at 22, so go get it at the score. Hey, we, we might hang a juicy one or two on you, so. How yeah. do I see them? Do I have to live in the right spot, or is it only on the app? Truthfully, I have, like, this makeshift, like, the back of the network app type thing going on on my phone, so oh, I don't cool, know how cool, you cool. see them um, outside of New Jersey, Indiana, Colorado, so I apologize. But he is 30 the last time I checked. That would be a really good number. Um, I'm trying to see what else. Sungjae 45. Yeah, Ooh. see, dude, I, I, now Sungjae's down to 35. You guys got all the best numbers over there. 
which is rare, but uh, it seems like we're slowly uh, drifting back above some of the, uh, the market averages, which is nice. Love it. Eric Patterson, you can find him on Twitter at epatgolf. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been 300 Yards to Unknown, and we'll catch you next time.